0: Running is not a sport. It rather is mother of sports, isn't it? Regardless of which sport you need to do and perform well at, before that, you need to know running. For example, if you want to be a good cricketer, you need to bring speed, power, agility, and you start by working on your cardiovascular fitnesses, isn't it? Similarly, if it is, say, basketball, you need to run. You need to run a lot. You need to have a lot of power to produce. Same in football and almost in every other sport, right? And so it becomes even more important to focus on running. And that's the reason why we always keep talking about running and various tips and tricks, speaking with coaches, researchers to understand more about running and what you can do to be a better runner and more importantly, runner for a really really long time. And today in this conversation I thought I will bring to you some of the points that have helped me and a few of my friends, colleagues, family members and the ones who run with me. I think some of those you can utilize too. It is possible that you are already aware of some of these. If that is, that's okay. Please pass on this message to others who do not know of it. Let us get started. The very first thing when it comes to running, actually, I almost get irritated when I get out of the door. And as soon as I start running, the key the keychain of the house that's kept in my pocket start to make this creaking noise. With every step, it always makes that noise. And I came across a hack that works really well for me. So you know what I do? When I slide through the, the key in my pocket, what I try to do, just in that, I try to wrap a rubber band around it. Try it. Just wrap a rubber band around the key and you will see it stops to make an noise. It works really well. It also works well for coins, etc. That's the tip or hack number one. Let us move forward. Another thing I see that comes as an issue for most of the beginner runners primarily, that is... You will see around your shoe lace that you have, where you tie the lace, you start to hurt from that place. You will see that there are pains and aches of different type that generally occur from there. If that is the case, try and tie your shoelaces in a slightly different way. You can try and look up online, you'll find two, three ways of tying shoelaces. You can try to look at uh, tying these really loose, not that loose that your feet come out, but not very tight. Definitely, you will find some, some resort to the issue that you have if you've been tying earlier very, very tight. It just works on a simple logic of you constricting the blood circulation and by just tying it loose, it helps you to release it. Nothing more than that. But it works almost like a hack for me and I hope it will work for you as well. Moving forward, it is summer season and during the summer, heat management is something we always, always want to look at. During heat training, you will see if it's managed well, it can work as a good amplifier of your training stimulus. You will see you can improve significantly if you are able to handle heat in different ways. And one of the ways I have seen that helps for me, that is I try to soak a bandana or a small towel in a really chilled water or possibly I'll keep an ice in it and I will put it right behind my neck on my shoulder just in the middle of it. So that's one point at the upper back right behind your neck. That's one point where the blood is closest to your skin and there if you are able to cool that point, that automatically cools the temperature of your entire body. You should try it. If it doesn't work for you, you should let me know. Moving forward, also I have found and struggled at times that I have access to water when I'm running in heat. But the problem with that is that it becomes very warm by the time I need to drink, right? So how do you manage it? The previous night of any training run that I'm going to go, I refrigerate, rather I put it in deep freezer. My water bottle, I put it with filled water in the freezer. And next morning when I'm going for a run, I remove it and take it with me. What happens even though the ice starts to melt for the next one and a half hour or so, in my case I have seen that the water is still chilled, it is still cool enough, cold enough for you to keep consuming and it doesn't become warm. Isn't it helpful? Let us move forward. One of the other points I find as an issue among beginners, that is they they start to be confused between They're having longer strides or smaller strides. And you will find that beginners always focus on having longer strides. That, hey, if you take longer strides, you can cover more distance, right? Actually, it is counterintuitive, but it works in the way that you need to have quicker turnover to be able to run more efficiently. What does that mean? That means you should try to run with smaller steps. Whatever is the size of your step when you're starting out high possibility that you are running with longer strides and so you should look at reducing the size of your stride try to run with as many small steps as possible and as quickly as possible land close to your body and it works really well for you to not fatigue and run a little more efficiently we are talking about hacks and tips right so why not to use each of them that is available to you moving forward As you run uphill, you should not attempt to run very fast. Also, you should not attempt to run with longer strides. The reason for that is when you're running uphill, the effort is significantly higher. But more importantly, think of it that your Achilles are very stretched at every time when you are taking off, right? Because your Achilles, your heel is very stretched What will happen if you run fast, there may be significant tear, micro tear, that will start to hurt you in the next two days or three days. Your Achilles will become very, very tender and high possibility that you will get injured. Have you ever tried and seen that you try to run up and down the hill really fast and a few days later you are injured or you're not able to run? This could be one of the reasons. So watch out. Moving forward, as we train more and more, there's a stage when We start to think that we are fatiguing. We are not able to recover very well. Recovery is not the point that I'm talking today, but I'm talking about if mentally you're fatiguing and you feel like you want to give up, there is a hack that works really well for me. That is, you should count from one to 100. If you're very good in Hindi, count it in English. If you're very good in English, count it in Hindi. For example, if you're counting in English, try from 1 to 100 and then from 100 to 1, okay? If you know any other language that you're not very comfortable in, but you still can manage, try that language. Not the first language, not your native language, and you will see fun. It works so well for me, I can't even imagine to tell you. Why I'm saying this is, when you start to count from 1 to 100 and 100 back to 1, two things happen. One, you start to divert your mind from thinking and feeling that you're fatigued and you start to think of figuring out which is the next number, right? Especially if you're talking in the language that you are not very comfortable with, you'll think, are you serious? Is it something that after one, two will come? If you know in English, you'll, be, you'll find it very easy. But in Hindi, if I say, after ek, does do come? And you will start to see that you'll smile, you'll start to struggle in your mind, but in a positive way, and you forget that you are running. The second thing what happens is, the moment you start to count from 1 to 100 and 100 back to 1, you will see by default, your speed slows down, right? Because you're distracted and you're trying to count. And since you're counting it loud, slightly loud, what happens, you cannot talk properly if you're running very fast anyway, right? So how can you have your mind at two places by running fast as well as counting? So if you're counting in some time, you will realize that by default, your speed is slowing down. And slowing down is a very good thing to recover from your fatigue, right? Otherwise, you may just be thinking that, hey, I do not want to slow down, but possibly your body wants you to slow down for you to be recovering so that you can run a lot more, a lot farther after you have recovered. This one is really important. I will show you some of Other tricks here, that is at times I try to memorize my 10 friends' name and try to take their names in the reverse order. And all of these things, they just work for me. You should try and see which one works for you. You must tell me if it doesn't work for you. Or if it does work for you, you should send me a message and tell me how did you feel about it. Moving forward, one other point that comes in different conversations that is how to breathe well. Right Beginners always will breathe through their nose, and that also means when they're running fast, they are not able to breathe sufficiently. So the question is, what should they be doing? I am a strong proponent of you breathing through your nose and through your mouth, both It is absolutely fine. Your nostrils are not possibly made to be able to take a full outer sub maximal effort of running the oxygen that is required to consume maybe less if you're not using your mouth. So I would recommend that you use your nose and mouth both to breathe in and breathe out and you will see a difference if this is an issue that you go through. Have you also come across situations where you have different types of niggles, aches and pains? Have you come across situations where you are fatiguing a lot more or you find that you do not feel up to running every morning, for example. There are different reasons, but the ones that I have found that commonly occur to me personally, that is deficiency of vitamin D, B12, and calcium. And a couple of these are interrelated. Let us understand how. Vitamin D is generally not sufficiently available to us when we do our blood tests because we primarily have an office work lifestyle. We do not spend enough time in the sun and as a result the vitamin D is not as much available as should be. What happens when your vitamin D is not available that is you're not able to your body is not able to absorb calcium sufficiently. I keep focusing on this point in almost every conversation that I have with people. If you want to increase your calcium intake you need to focus on first getting in the sufficiency range of your vitamin D. It's very important also because if your calcium is not appropriate, not sufficient in your body, there is a high possibility that your bone health is compromised, correct? There is a possibility that your bone is brittle and if that is, if you're running, high chances that you're fatiguing, high chances you're getting stressed out and also high chances that you might get injured, So for you to be able to manage these, you should look at consuming your vitamin D and calcium together. And even before getting into the right calcium range, you should look at getting in the right vitamin D range. Because like I said earlier, and I would repeat it here as well, that if your vitamin D is not in sufficiency, you will not be able to absorb calcium. Okay? Vitamin B12 is another thing that I talked about. So when we are stressed out, and because of our life situations, work situation, and training impact, etc., the consumption of B12 is a lot more in the body. The stressors allow for increased consumption of B12, and as a result, you will see that even though you may be in the normal range of B12, you generally are at the lower end of that range. I always try to be in the range of above 500. And it works well for me then. Otherwise, I start to see that I'm stressing out a little more. I'm not recovering as much. I'm not getting as well sleep, etc., etc. And and I kept this point specifically for the last because I want you to revise this section, listen to it again, and tell me in a few weeks how do you feel because most of the runners that I meet are either limping, they're having issue with their niggles and pains and a lot of people will tell them that hey have you done your strength training and many other things and all of those are important but even before that my point is have you even looked at your basic blood markers some of these points that may just come handy and this may just help you to be a better runner and you can run injury free and more importantly pain free right? right running doesn't have to be painful i hope some of these points will come helpful to you and i look forward to hearing from you